This is the passage where Abraham is giving a very solemn charge to his senior servant in his household. He's a senior servant. He's, a, he's the head of the, the servants, but he's unnamed because his name is not important, is the point. He is a servant. He's a faithful servant of Abraham, and he's been given a very solemn responsibility. The full weight of something has been placed on his shoulders, and this servant... Um, is being charged with finding an appropriate bride for the promised seed, Isaac. Abraham is growing old. He knows that he doesn't have a lot of time left. Physically, maybe he's just not able to um, do this task for his son. And so he's commissioning. He is sending his servant on a great commission to find a bride for Isaac. And it is a wonderful picture, if you want to think of it in that way, of, uh, of what we are called to do. But, in, strictly in the context of this uh, story here, you have this servant who understands uh, the significance of what he's being asked to do. I mean, this is, the, this is the promised line. This is the line through which the Messiah will come. And uh, Abraham is very specific Make sure you don't find anyone from this area, but from that area. And, of course, that's all the instruction he's been given. Uh, he doesn't have any more to go on. He saddles up the camels, and he, he starts heading out in obedience. And without a whole lot of real plan, but in obedience, he is going in that direction and he realizes, how on earth is he supposed to fulfill this? Well, he, he comes to a point in his journey where he realizes he needs to ask God's help and guidance. And this is essentially why we're praying. This is what hit me this morning. Is, you know, we don't, we don't maybe, we haven't maybe thought of it in these categories, in this narrative, but... He's being asked to do something that's humanly impossible. How on earth is he supposed to know? How on earth is he supposed to find this bride? Um, there's, there's a lot of variables. There's a lot of things that he doesn't know. And so he's feeling the weight of, the ina- of his own inadequacy and insufficiency. And that's where it begins, I believe. Um, there's a lot that we feel like we can do in this world. You know, if we just send out an email blast or if we just uh, put up a website and if we just advertise it to death and just try to get the word out any which way, something will stick. Something will happen. You know, it's sort of, um, uh, it's probably more than just American, but it's this American can-do spirit of, look, we'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll figure it out. We'll get it done. Well, that's been a curse because uh, what happens with that kind of a spirit is that you don't feel your inadequacy. You have all these tools. You're going to use the tools, and you're going to, like I said, send out the emails and put up the website and create a nice graphic and a logo, and of course people should just uh, flock in. But um, we don't feel, I don't think, enough our inadequacy, and I think I can prove that because uh, we have a season in the church of um, of real uh, 
prayerlessness. Uh, there was a, um, a conference, I mentioned this some time ago, a conference uh, where you had a panel of people, it was a Q&A, and a question that was asked, you know, what's the greatest, what's the greatest need of the church, or what's the greatest threat facing the church? And you had a number of individuals say different things, maybe something about the woke movement, or something about um, the decline here and there. And you had one man, it was actually Dr. Beaky, who piped up and said, well, this is going to sound very old-fashioned, but uh, um, I believe the greatest threat is that the church is largely prayerless. And that is, I think, as a result of our feeling um, sufficient enough. We We don't have enough of this feeling of inadequacy and the fact that, wow, we can't do this. We're being asked to do something, and we just can't do it. Um, and I hope, I, I pray and hope that that if there's anything that we uh, try to encourage ourselves and direct our own hearts in a prayer meeting like this, is that we can't, we cannot do the work that's before us. We're all part of. Many of us are part of churches. We see the uh, we see the the challenge. That's before us. We see the, the families in our churches that are struggling. And we don't have the ability, really, in and of ourselves to help them. We have to feel our insufficiency. And in fact, that's the reason, I believe, why the Lord sends us trial after trial after trial, is, is to force us on our knees. I believe that's why the Lord keeps sending me uh, <laughs> these... these uh, these trials, I mean, I, I, I realize it's more on the sort of the technical side, but still, it's a trial nevertheless, because he's just making sure that I, I don't get too dependent on other things. My dependence is on the Lord, and he keeps us humble through affliction. It is good that I've been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. It is good that we have it constantly brought to our our memories and our minds that we are insufficient so anyway this is where the servant was he prays and the beautiful thing about this passage is that before he had done speaking before he finished with his amen the lord sent the answer now it doesn't always happen that way but boy, how wonderful it is. And we just heard Barbara rejoicing in the Lord uh, for a very unexpected day, a high day. You know, we don't know what a day will bring forth. Sometimes we uh, quote that verse in the context of that which is negative. You know, we don't know what sort of calamity or affliction or disaster will bring forth. But we don't know what a day will bring forth by way of blessing and opportunity. Uh, Every day we should be ready we should be ready to, to act and react like the servant did in obedience to the Lord. Whatever the Lord sends our way, blessings, the door, the door opened. The, the Muslim neighbor asked, so how did you meet? Well, let me tell you, that's a door, you just walk right through that. Doors of opportunity, we have to be ready. And I just believe that what paves those opportunity opportunities is prayer. This is what we're doing here today. 
That's why the servant prayed. He understood, I can't do this. The early church understood. Go and tell the world and preach the gospel? No, we can't do it. We have to pray. They prayed. They were endued with power from on high. Jeremiah Lamphere, walking around New York City, looking at all these people. How am I supposed to reach all these people? He prayed. And this is what we're here to do. And I hope we don't ever graduate from it or uh, get get to a point where we don't, you know, we don't need that anymore. Well, the Lord has his ways of humbling us, and we need to learn our dependence on him. And I trust that is what we are here to do. We're here to ask for God's help and God's intervention. So we will leave it at that. And we all have needs. Um, we do. Sometimes we feel them more deeply than other times, but um, they're all impossible, every single one of them. doesn't matter how, how big or small the needs are. Without Him, we can do nothing. And that means exactly what it says. And so that's why we have to pray.